<laughs> Welcome back to the second hour of Love, Babs, Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose. I'm here on Rue. Hey, hey, Babs. Good morning. Happy June. <laughs> June. Yes. Which feels like October, which is smoky. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not good. How are you today? I'm, you know what? Good. <laughs> good. The world is world is still upside down and I'm right side up. It's all right. <laughs> Good. It's all right. Good. Yeah, we, we still gotta we still gotta take it a day at a time, a step at a time, you know, moving the directions that we're trying to move in. How are you? I'm doing all right. Um you know, and in the midst of all all the smoke and all the fires and no, not a small thing. Um, but let's start off with some honoring, right, of even how we got here, right, even as things are <clears throat> chaotic and challenging. Um, there's also still the good here, right, and the, the honoring of where we come from, honoring of our ancestors, what our ancestors have left for us. And the call to use those things that were left for us, that were passed on to us, to make our lives and this world better. <clears throat> so we'll do this Yoruba chant <clears throat> that yes. speaks to that. tofu tofu Ba 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 tofu ashe o Ba 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 tofu ashe ashe tefu an la lo yo Ba 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 tofu ashe Ba ye ye tofu ashe o Ba ye ye tofu ashe Ba ye ye tofu ashe o Ba ye ye tofu ashe ashe tefu an la lo yo Ba ye ye tofu ashe Ibai tofu ashe o Ibai tofu ashe Ibai tofu ashe o Ibai tofu ashe ashe tefu an la lo yo Amen. your heart and mind today? So had some things. So You know, the East Coast bathed in smoke from wildfires. Yes. Um, climate crisis, right, impacting so many communities across the globe. Um, and so I am, you know, reminded as, you know, part of the Yoruba tradition, right, a fundamental aspect of the Yoruba tradition is is the sacred relationship between human beings and nature and the earth and actually the the 
place where we honor the divine, where we worship the divine, sacred mountains, ocean, earth itself. Right? All these are divinities who we can work with and develop relationships with and be in relationship with for both our benefit, but also for the benefit of all beings because we're in relationship with all of these beings. And so I was, so a couple of things kind of were coming together with all this, right? So we have the climate crisis that's active um, and uh, Juneteenth is coming up. <clears throat> um, and so these places of like our, our liberation and these aspects of remembering, right? This, you know, coming through the horrors of what enslavement meant. Um, and so the importance of, for all people, but, you know, particularly for African heritage people to like continue to remember and find our way and, and to continue to reorient and to orient towards what liberation is. <clears throat> and, you know, we came, we were taken and brought to this land, right? This Turtle Island where there were already people here in sacred relationship with the earth. But we were brought here and um, we came with these, our own traditions and our own ways of being in right relationship with all of these sacred forces. Yet forced into a relationship with the earth and with others that was not sacred. So the institutions of slavery um, forced us to be in a relationship with the earth that had much more to do with um, extraction, with the commodification and attempted control of nature and the abuse of nature in these ways. Um, and to be a part of that um, unwillingly and by force. And then in the same way to have a, that kind of relationship with ourselves and with each other, right? really seeing dehumanizing and depersonalizing ourselves and each other. So this is kind of what the legacy, this kind of this time of, of oppression, um, which you know still lingers, <clears throat> but which was really traumatic and jarring. And so this remembering that, you know, it wasn't erased from us, right? It wasn't totally beaten out of us, but it's really important to find our ways back into that relationship. And we're seeing not just kind of these larger aspects of um, colonialism and capitalism um, and its impact on the earth and the crisis we're, we're living in right now, but this call to keep remembering and shift even how we are engaged in that. And so there's this idea of like, you know, what is success and liberation? And well, now we're not a slave. We can kind of participate in this grand experiment in the United States. And, and it's important that we continue to tease apart, like what parts of that are actually nourishing and nurturing and what parts of that maintain some kind of um, oppression and othering, which we're seeing also in not just among human beings, but on the planet and these other beings here. And so I'm reminded of a bunch of things related to that. There's a verse in the um, in Ifa, the sacred literature of Ifa, which speaks of um, the earth. And so I'll chant that um, in Yoruba and then tell you what it is in English. Um, 
And then, you know, this, this continuation, even as it goes into these rememberings of Juneteenth and, and possibility. So the verse goes, <clears throat> Osayo babalao aye, Odifa faye, Olae o febo lale, Ebo ajogun nioshe, nje, awambe, ambe, awamamambe laeo, aeoni paru. And so the translation is the the earth, the brightly shining one. Ifa divination was performed for the earth um, when the earth was surrounded by enemies. And the earth was told to instead to make offerings to protect themselves from their enemies instead of making offerings for wealth. And that we are certainly alive now and we are pleading and praying that as long as we remain on the earth, that the earth is never destroyed. And so it's this reminder, right? We can get so caught up in what is status and wealth and success and forget the real uh, protection that is needed for this earth itself, right? And for our lives, right? our own bodies, right? How do we actually protect ourselves and become healthy and become free <clears throat> in ways that we can lose sight of that? And we're chasing these ideas of, of status and perceptions of power over and what the, the cost really of oppression is, right? So there's wealth and status and, and um, things that people aspire to. We forget the cost of those is very much the destruction of ourselves, our bodies, and the destruction of this planet. So this literature speaks about really the importance of maintaining this, this relationship. So that's that's something that's kind of been on my mind and just wanting to share this morning. And then um, uh, Arts and Ideas is coming up. <clears throat> all of the activity, the hubbub down the green, <laughs> all the construction here in New Haven. And um, on Saturday, um, the 17th, um, there's um, Hanan uh, Hamin and the kind of Juneteenth Coalition is having um, there's a parade that's going to be happening from the old Stetson Library to the Green, and then various things happening to honor Juneteenth on the 17th, starting at noon. And I'm going to be there um, as well in a um, in a space like in a tent, um, holding space for people who want to come and really connect with and honor with honor their ancestors. Mm -hmm. So I'll be there for several hours, from probably noon to four, around there. The details haven't been worked out yet. Um, so if whoever wants to come down for that, right? People who are listening who are like, oh, there's some things that, you know, maybe I want to talk to Honor about in person, or like I want to honor my ancestors, or what was that look like? Or um and and I pair these things together um because these are these are practices, right? These are active things on returning right to a way of relating to ourselves, relating to each other, relating to the planet, right? inheriting, how do we take on like the chant in the beginning was saying, really accept the things that are left for us and use them and activate them today. Um, because we have to do things differently. Right? We have to remember that part of our own inheritance about being in right relationship with ourselves and each other and the earth and the beings of the earth itself. As by not doing that, there's more of the crises that 
are, have been unfolding and will continue to unfold. And so that's also what we're called to do is to be in that kind of right relationship. Um, and the, uh, another piece that I'll say um, is that, you know, a dear friend of mine, Leah Penniman, yes. executive director of Soul Fire Farm, wrote a, a book recently called Black Earth Wisdom, which is a um, conversations with Black environmentalists, spiritual people, and their relationship and love of the earth. And she's brilliant and, you know, has written um, many articles and Farming While Black and y'all don't know her, look up Soulfire Farm, Leah Penniman, and just absorb um, what she has to, to say also about our sacred relationship with the land and the earth and our legacy that has existed for thousands of years, long before we, we came to these shores, but also since, right, some real brilliant ways that um, People of African descent have really been in and maintained this relationship with the earth. And um, my teacher is, there's a chapter which includes uh, an interview with my teacher, uh, Wande Abimbola, who's the spokesperson or the voice of Ifa for the world. Uh, Yeye Louis Satish, who many people may know as um, um, been an elder and uh, connector and holder of, of African traditions and diasporic traditions and wrote a book, Jambalaya, years ago. Um, and myself. So the three of us are in a chapter in that book um, um, having, so we didn't have conversations directly with each other, but um, the way it's framed is, you know, kind of shares this conversation. And so just to remind people, like we, these notions are not like ancient far away things to like <clears throat> dig and, and try to reclaim and muddle our way through. These are alive, present, and um, part of, for me, it really comes down to like a love of the earth and a love of this relationship. Um, and that we as African heritage people have traditions and technologies that are present to do that, to be in right relationship with each other and ourselves and our ancestors and the divine and wonder and beauty and magic and mystery. And a real call and invitation for folks to find what that means for them in a way that, that works. Because we're here. It's our time now. And are we going to, what are we going to do, right? What are we contributing to? What are we nourishing and nurturing? Can we, can we honor that call and that heed? So <laughs> all of those things are on my mind. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to share some re also some really concrete things about, you know, resources and you know, these, this sacred literature um, and, you know, ways of, of, I don't know if hope is the right word, but like the ways that we can still be present and really be connected even as so much is happening, right? That's mm. harmful and destructive and othering and, you know, instead of the desire to constrict, right, and tighten, how do we still find space to be connected and to reach across uh, differences and across forgetting that's happened. I love it. It seems so timely to think about. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I, I think it's by design that you're thinking about these things uh, in June as we march toward Juneteenth. Yeah. 
and uh, and then fires to our north of us that has direct bearing on our everyday practical lives in this moment. Yeah. So, so, uh, and I, you know, I talked about this in the first hour. I was like, I, I don't think humans are good stewards of this earth <laughs> as a whole. I don't, I don't feel like we are good stewards. I think there are a lot of people who are trying to get us to move to be better stewards to the earth, but. And I think the earth retaliates or screams or says, hey, <laughs> well, you're being good to me. <laughs> it adjusts and, and adapts to like conditions as well. And I think what's challenging and what's too bad is we are, we are like fostering conditions that are not actually helpful for our own lives. Yeah. <laughs> right. And actually, if you look at like, you know, I want to you know, are humans good or good not stewards? Well, for like a re like for thousands of years, we were really good stewards. You know, and it's relatively recent in the like lifespan of human beings that it's really turned. There's been a real turning of that. But even the, just the short period of time that we've not been good stewards has been detrimental. Like exactly. It's been devastating. It's been devastating. Exactly. Um, and it's been, you know, it's one of the things that I think it's important to look at, like, what are the large systems at play and like things get put onto us as individuals. Right. And so like you know, recycling, for example, well, if everyone does their little part, then that will make the change. And like these are good things, like it's good to recycle, right? it's good to do these things. But that's not the answer. Not when you have massive systems and corporations like dumping toxic material, undermining the very things and the very lives that we're trying to have. Like those are really big systems that aren't going to move and change if I take this bottle and put it in this bin and hope that it goes where it's supposed to go and gets recycled and not just put on a barge or burned or buried somewhere else. So the things that are causing the destruction at the rate that it is are, are really large and need really large changes. Um, and that I think is where, you know, there's, there's a lot of difficulty, right? We can kind of do our pieces, right? It's like, oh, institution, so like Juneteenth, right? In the institution of slavery, is really important to get rid of. Right? There were individuals who couldn't, who navigated, who got free, who got north, like up in Canada, where these fires are now, right? That was the north that many people were aiming for, right? But like, we needed to have the institution as it was abolished. And in a similar way, like there's large scale change, right? That needs to happen to move things in a, in a better direction, which means different kinds of work, different kinds of um, pressure, but you need people to be awake, to be like, oh yeah, that needs to change. Right? It's not just like my, the my piece is important, the our piece is important, and like, oh, how does that get bigger and bigger? Um, and as we know, even though the institution of slavery ceased to exist, there were still lots of other systems and policies and practices put into place to maintain oppression right? yeah. in aspects of the status quo, even though kind of on the books things changed. Um, and so like, you know, but we, we all got to start somewhere. Right. So, uh, the value of 
um, a person like Harriet Tubman, the value of each individual person who made their journey with or without that kind of support um, to try to be freer was vital and was happening all over the place as there were also movements of abolishing the institutions. So it's really a both and. And so we as individuals, as a people have to keep trying to remember and to be whole and to be human and to heal and to be as free as possible. And, and from those places that also moves the work on these larger systems to help you know, more and more people to be as free as possible, to be well. I like that thinking. I, I like that thinking on the heels of Juneteenth because right. I think we've, um, we have, uh, have taken Juneteenth and crafted into so many wonderful things for ourselves to celebrate and to remember. You know what I mean? Like there's not just one right. way to do this. Right. And within places, there are several different Juneteenth celebrations that cover different aspects of Black life and Black history, which I, which I love so much that different, different factions can take up a part of Black life and Black culture and center that, you right. know. Uh, for Juneteenth, it just makes the learning so much richer. I think it's um, it's as if there's a diversity <laughs> of like what blackness is. <laughs> like it's not one thing. Huh? Who who would imagine? Oh, who would imagine? <laughs> it's, just, it's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. And I think that 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 also speaks right to the importance of like not getting lost in other narratives of like what that even means, like what blackness is. Right? Um, particularly when like this thing called blackness, I mean, this is where we get this complexity, right? This thing called blackness was created by the system of white supremacy. And so un, un um, tethering ourselves from even just being reactive to that, to really come back to like, what is this? Like, who are we as people? Mm -hmm having this experience you know as black people particularly in this country and all the layers of that and for me right because you know i have my biases how do i kind of keep coming back into this relationship with what liberation is what wholeness is what do my ancestors have to tell me um even in my blackness what do my like african native indigenous and European ancestors have to tell me, because right? all of them together make me who's a black person here. Right? And so white supremacy tells me, oh no, you don't listen to them. You've, your blackness is about like these particular people from this particular part of our continent. So that's, that's who informs your wholeness. But if all these people are me and I'm black, well, don't I get to listen to all the ways they love me? Figure out how to be a person here. And that can be hard, right? That can be, that's complicated. Yes. Um, because. <laughs> throw some other variables in there and. Yeah. <laughs> and like, what is, um, but I find like, I mean, I think to say this and not get too far into that, like, so this, this like Yoruba tradition, West African indigenous tradition supports me finding my way through that complexity so that I can chant this 
ancestor song to all of my ancestors. Right? So here's this, right? So before there was like, you know, this notions of colonialism and, and settler mentality and white supremacy, these West African indigenous people are like, yes, and these are the ways you go and maintain this relationship with your ancestors because they love you and they want you to be well, which means they love me, right? With all that complexity, they love me and they want me to be well. And I get to, I get to feel into that, right? I get to love into that as a you know, multiracial black man here. And that's also part of my liberation, right? Part of the celebration of this institution, right? We go to Juneteenth, this institution, the kind of last, and it may not even be the last dredges, but this honoring of like the last dredges of, of people being like, oh, that institution's gone. Oh, okay. His door opens. And when people got actually informed of that, right? Because <laughs> get rid of an institution and don't tell all the people. <laughs> Somehow that doesn't count, right? <laughs> that <actually> doesn't count. <laughs> Gotta actually let folks know. <laughs> ain't, ain't that how Juneteenth came around, though? Like, exactly. Exactly. Like, oh, y'all free, but we ain't tell you for a few years because, well, <laughs> it's not convenient. Right? Not convenient for us. <laughs> right. We need right. y'all to still think you're, you know, not free. Yeah. Yeah. Which is its own, which is a crazy, crazy story in and of itself. Exactly. Yeah. Makes for yeah. an extraordinary experience. Um, yeah. So, so when you think about liberation, Anru, because liberation means so many different things to so many people. I actually, it's actually one of my favorite words. You know, liberation, because I, because I could, I could fit it in so many sure. places in my life. You know, it's that that one one definition mm -hmm. although the definition is to me to to be free of but it takes on so much what 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 do you, how do you how do you define it is it an ever changing definition for you great question um so i think on on one end of it in terms of ever changing it can be ever changing because life is that, like life is ever changing. Like the reality of our existence and life is that it's ever changing. And so not what I need to be free from, but what liberation and like growth and unfolding um, and being has to keep evolving, has to keep moving. And so part of liberation is, is free to do that, right? So there's the difference of, um, and I may have used this example before, like if I have like a small plot of land and I want to grow corn, if I spend all my time weeding, right, kind of being free from, I'm not growing anything. I'm just weeding all the time, right? So I actually have to like weed enough, plant, nourish those things to grow, right? And then adjust and adapt as it's growing. And I may need to, you know, this. Traditions of peoples here, the three sisters of growing corn with squash and beans. So they start work together to create an ecosystem that they all thrive in. Right. And so then you actually don't have to weed so much. So this notion of liberation, the more we lean into that, some things that have held us down just 
kind of dry up and fall away and just don't find purchase because we're filling ourselves with the things that nourish us. And then when we come across the things that are still in the present oppressive, we are full of that life and nurturing and creativity to deal with it in the present instead of, oh, I'm kind of, I'm less than and I can barely make my way and this thing's in the way and I can't see if it's in the way now or if it's just triggering a story about something being in the way. So trauma tells us, for example, that <clears throat> the past is present and the danger that we experienced in the past is right here in front of me. And our system responds to that even when that's not the case. That's it's like classic PTSD. And so we need to do enough kind of that healing work to get to be present, to see what's here, and then to face creatively what's here, to work together with that. And so liberation is that process, right? Is the, oh, you know, corn needs some of these things to be nourished. Oh, and then we add the squash, right? And that kind of covers the ground some, and then the beans can grow up the corn and, and each is contributing to the soil and nutrients that the other needs and makes it more and more difficult for other things to come in and attack any of them. So that's more of this, this notion of liberation versus like, I need to like weed the heck out of everything, get rid of all the things that I think are impeding the life that I want. But even when you do that, as any person who grows food knows, you're not guaranteed of the like, everything is a bumper crop all the time. So there's changes and adaptations and being present and, um, Right? And then these larger systems of the, what's happening in the earth and weather and our lives come into play. But the more that we can be present to those things and maintain these relationships, the more likely it leads to our wholeness, our nurturing, having the relationships with people and ourselves that, that um, are meaningful, our connection to meaning and purpose and these broader things. We get to be healthy and create healthy communities, healthy families, healthy societies. Without that, with these other notions of power over and control and one way is the right way, where we got to do a monocrop of genetically modified feed corn, right? And you're not going to have a create an ecosystem that's actually nourishing, nurturing. So those, that's the like metaphor pieces around like what liberation is. And, and as, as much as we can do that with like a capital L, not just I get to put my flag on top of the hill and kick the other people down. Like that's not, that's not good enough for me. Um, that's not what I'm trying to aim for. And not that I have all the answers, but like orienting in that place um, is how I'm trying to live. Be connected to other people, trying to do that as well. Mm. Wow. That's a mighty good word for June. As we walk toward uh, Juneteenth, whoop, whoop. as we think about uh, uh, the environment and our place on this earth and our connection to the earth and to each other, yeah, that's a that's a mighty word. And liberation fits in there, I, I think. Yeah, I think so. Well, um, you're not back until July because you've got places to go and people to see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you will be on the green for Juneteenth. I will. I will. A good chunk of time so people can come and get their ancestral vibe on and connect Honor and the learn. And, yeah. You know, and be curious and come and 
Anru was very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. Don't don't be intimidated. Uh, very nice person. Be, it will be a very uh, uh, welcoming environment. So come yes. and uh, bring your questions and your thoughts and cares and uh, see what yeah. you can get into with the ancestors. Yeah. Yeah. Bring your heart. Bring your heart. Bring your whole heart. Bring all of it. Uh, and do some good work there. So, yeah. well, thank you for sharing that, Anru. I appreciate it. Oh, let me tell you this. Uh, I mentioned Leah Penniman's name when I was in Marrakesh for my birthday. As Janan Thompsona, Marianne Loom's husband, Dr. Martin, um, Mm. does all the gardening on the on the grounds and is big into uh, uh, farming and gardening and environmental stuff. And and he's pulling together some folks uh, for a conference, I think, of some sort around this. And and he was just talking to us about it. And I put her name in the space. And so he went to her Instagram. It's like, oh yeah, 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 I gotta find her. So <laughs> I just, <laughs> so I would, I would tell you so you can relate to her that Babs is talking about you all over the world. So Wonderful. if you get some random call <laughs> from some Doctor Martin from uh from Morocco, you'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> mm-hmm. And okay. then he says, Babs said, I was like, yeah, and I say, oh, she's got some <laughs> books and. He's got the soul fire farm. I mean, I went in. So oh, wonderful. So, and I, you know, I've only met her once or twice, but I just wanted to know that uh, I put mm-hmm. her name in spaces um, because I just thought it was important that she'd be part of these conversations. Wonderful. Thanks, Babs. I'll oh, yeah. all that. Yeah. So, you know, listen, I, listen, I, my, you are my friend. She's your friend. So she's my friend. There you go. There we go. <laughs> there you go. It's so good to see you. Thank you so much. My pleasure. My pleasure always. Thank you, Babs. I will see you probably downtown on Juneteenth. I will see you. So Wonderful. All right. Wonderful. Have a good day. Good day yourself. Be safe out there. Thank you. You too. Yep. Wearing masks. Yes. Oh, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta breathe. (laughs) Gotta breathe. Gotta keep the lungs clean. Thank you, Harry Droz. I appreciate you. Thank you, Paul Bass. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. I got Shelly from the International Festival uh, to come and spend about 15, 20 minutes talking about the festival kicks off on the green this weekend with the New Haven Symphony with Angelique Kijo. So I'm excited. But Shelly's going to come on and uh, talk a little bit about all the wonderful things that we should be looking out for for the festival this year. So y'all take good care. Be safe out there. Mask up. I know you want to hear that. Mask up if you need to. the dangerous stuff there. Thanks, Harry.